This podcast is brought to you by GovInfoSecurity.com, the leading online publication for risk management and security professionals within federal, state, and local government agencies. Hello, I'm Executive Editor Eric Chabro, and here are some of the most compelling news and views posted on GovInfoSecurity.com this past week. The next Chief Information Officer of the Defense Department will not be the Assistant Secretary for Network and Information Integration if Secretary Robert Gates gets his way. As part of a department-wide cost-cutting initiative, Gates says he wants to eliminate the Network and Information Integration Unit, whose head and Assistant Secretary also serves as DOD's CIO. Gates says many of the unit's functions would be absorbed by the Defense Information Systems Agency and the Office of Acquisition, Technology, and Logistics. He says the CIO role will be refashioned, but didn't provide any details. It was a year ago when Michelle Kwan resigned as the director of the United States Computer Emergency Readiness Team, the Homeland Security Unit charged with safeguarding civilian agencies' IT systems, as well as coordinating the protection of the nation's critical IT infrastructure. At the time, then-Deputy Director Randy Vickers took over as Acting Director. This spring, the acting part of his title was excised. Here's how Vickers assesses the state of IT security after one year of heading U.S. CERT. We as the federal government have done a lot to improve the security posture of our assets. But in doing so, the adversary has also gotten more technically competent and stronger. Yes, we are more secure than we were yesterday, but it doesn't end there. It's got to continue to grow to keep up with the adversary. The adversary may be able to focus certain technologies against certain assets. We've got to be able to look across the whole spectrum of assets in this federal government and be able to defend that and keep up with the change in technology and abilities of the adversary. We'll be back after this. Are you responsible for your agency's regulatory compliance program? Do cybercrime, data breaches, or endpoint security keep you up at night? Do you have any certifications which require continuing professional education credit hours? The solution to your problems may be the GovInfoSecurity.com Educational Webinar Library. You'll find plenty of courses that align with your core responsibilities. Visit GovInfoSecurity.com for more information on how to access these webinars. In our featured interview, I spoke with Mary Lou Goodyear, the University of Kansas Public Administration professor who co-authored a study on the emerging role of the state chief information security officer. I asked Goodyear about her interviews with state CISOs and the fact that none of the top 10 skills they identified to succeed in their jobs involve technology. In our interviews, there was lots of emphasis on the skill sets they needed to try to convince governmental managers and leaders to spend more time thinking about IT security, the skill sets they needed to convince people that this was really another role that they played. The public manager manages a service. They're an HR manager. They're a budget manager. They're a technology manager. And now they're a data manager. The skill sets to interact with those managers and help them see that broader framework and landscape of IT security are really more communication skill sets, their leadership skill sets, their collaboration skill sets, their conflict resolution skill sets. They're skill sets that are really very different from the technical ones that we expect. Finally, from our blogs, the old cliche that time is money has more than proven itself at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory. JPL Chief Technology Officer Tom Soderstrom explains. We took 180,000 images from Saturn. We wanted to tile those 
and put a mosaic around it, so processed images. We ran it in our own lab, and it took 15 days of straight 24 by 7 processing, and it still wasn't finished. So then what we wanted to do is let's test Amazon's cloud. So we spun up 60 processors in Amazon's cloud, and we finished it in five hours for a total cost of $200. For us, that was a real validation. We took the real mission processing that the missions would do, and we were able to start and stop it, went from weeks to hours, and we were able to validate the cost. Soderstrom says the time factor, even more than money, proved to be the biggest benefit of all. That's it for this week. I'm Eric Chabro of GovInfoSecurity.com. Thanks for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by GovInfoSecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.GovInfoSecurity.com.